0: on Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. i um, back-ish, I guess. We survived. The hurricane is gone. Power was restored late on Monday. Couldn't really do much with it yesterday because I had lasers blasting my face and work all day. So we are back at our usual routine, I guess, with another triple header edition of the podcast today. And this is going to be a continued week of a weird schedule, what with my impending flight to Toronto. So basically, we're going to condense a week into two days. Um, No Fan Friday this week because I will be interacting with the fans on Friday against the Yankees. So that will uh, replace that, but... Yeah, to, today we're going to do our best to cover everything we missed from Saturday on, which I'm still amazed I got those Saturday episodes out. That that was a race against time, but the internet cooperated long enough before going completely silent to get those out, so I'm, I hope y'all enjoyed those. But yeah, we're going to go back over the last uh, two games in the Tampa Bay series to start. And we're going to be focusing on the pitchers for the Blue Jays because uh, a couple of the young ones went and there are things to say about both of them. And, you know, the more we focus on them, the less we have to actually talk about Tampa Bay and that dreadful stadium, which is just... Brutal to try and you know put any kind of lipstick on because it's just no one likes it, no one likes Tropicana Field, doesn't even take money anymore. Why, why you do that? But I don't know, anyway. This episode is brought to you by Postmates.com. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver, it's the largest on demand network in the U.S. and offers delivery from all the restaurants, grocery and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. It's that easy and you get stuff directly to your door and you don't have to go outside, which honestly today looks like Dorian Redux, but it's all right. I'm I'm sure we will get through this just as well. There's no rain yet, so that helps. Anyway, it, it might as well have been raining on the Blue Jays as that entire road trip last week just continued to just be a, a cavalcade of horrors for the team. 0-6 on that road trip, a four-game sweep at the hands of the Rays, which, I mean, you'd think we'd be used to that by now, given what usually happens in Tropicana Field, but it was, it was tough to watch, for the most part. I mean, granted, I couldn't watch because I had no power, and I had to use up all my phone data to actually keep track of things, but, yeah, it was, it was just really tough to watch, and, We will get into probably the toughest person to watch in the second half of the podcast. But remember how we were talking before about how the Blue Jays just looked lethargic and, you know, just like they were playing out the season and just wanted to move on? That kind of continued in the Tampa Bay series uh, a combined 13-6 to 6 score in the final two games, the games we didn't talk about. I mean, when you can give Trent Richards a win, that's bad. Trent Richards, better known for not helping my fantasy team whatsoever while he was with Miami. Suddenly, he's found new life as a bulk inning guy for Tampa Bay. But yeah, when Jonathan Davis is your offensive MVP in one of those games, again, not the best look. Davis going two for four in that Saturday contest, which I'm happy for him. He does not deserve to have a 158 batting average, but still, just did not look great. Um, Like, we, we are going to talk about some of the good batters, I swear, but this is more... Like, the, you know, kind of assessing the damage episode of today's triple header. Just, it it was not great. You know, again, it was nice to see Jonathan Davis have that two-hit game. Uh, it was nice to see Randall Grichuk reach 25 home runs in a Sunday contest. I mean, good on him. But, for the most part, the the players who are supposedly fighting for spots for the Blue Jays just did not perform well. Like, you know, Billy McKinney going 0 for 3. Um, Brandon Drury looked all right, but Richard Urania 0 for 3. Teoscar Hernandez actually 0 for 4 with his pinch hitting appearance. Derek Fisher looked lost again at the plate. Like, I know you put less of a premium on strikeouts, but he's well on his way to the Platinum Sombrero before Charlie Montoyo just mercy killed him in that game and put into Oscar. And like we said last week, it's it's reaching the point where I think a lot of fans are already getting frustrated watching Derek Fisher like the the outfield miscues and the inability to really generate anything at the plate. He's he's got a sub Jonathan Davis batting average with the Blue Jays. And if he doesn't, it's not far off. So just seeing these guys who, you know, should be using this time to fight for their spot. And I, I just double checked. His batting average with Toronto was three points above Jonathan Davis's for the season. Still not great. But you look at these guys and and you don't see the real the real compete there to to try and and get this spot i um, the guy we've bagged on for the last couple weeks um and i I know I'm switching gears to the pitcher, but Tim Mesa didn't look good again, like you think he can see lefty competitors coming, but it's just not there and you know. Um, I feel a little bit better talking about this, knowing that they won yesterday against Boston, but it's still not the kind of effort you want to see from a young team this late. And again, Tampa Bay does have a habit of sucking the life out of people. But again, there should be more fight there. I, I thought there was going to be more fight there. I was wrong, but... Thankfully, we don't have to go back there until 2020, so thank goodness for that small miracle to come out of that four-game series. Again, we're going to talk about uh, the two main pitchers that we need to talk about from those last two games in Tampa Bay, but just a reminder that this episode of Locked On Blue Jays is sponsored by Blue BlueChew.com. Yes, BlueChew.com is back. Blue is in Blue Jays. You know, that makes a lot of sense. BlueChew is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's going to work when you need that extra boost of confidence, I guess. You can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since it's chewable, it works twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Uh, it's prescribed online, it ships straight to your door, into the street package, so there's no going to your doctor and saying, like, oh, I need pills. There's no waiting in line for the at the pharmacy with all the other people who need pills. And there's no awkwardness when the person next to you asks you why you're in line at the pharmacy. So you get to avoid all that with Blue Chew. It's made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly to your door... It's actually cheaper than a pharmacy and right now there's a special deal for the listeners if you go to bluechew.com you will get your first shipment for free when you use a special promo code mlb you just have to pay five dollars in shipping so again that's bluechew.com blue is in blue jays promo code mlb to try it for free it's the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. So the two main pitchers that we want to talk about from the Tampa Bay Series. First Saturday brought us the surprisingly awaited debut of Tony Buckets himself, Anthony Kay. And I said on the Saturday podcast that if Kay was able to go five innings, I would be very happy with that, considering it's his debut. He's made a very rapid rise through the minor leagues. You know, he wasn't expected to get to this level until next year. I I would have been happy with that. Kay actually did a couple better. He went five and two thirds innings, gave up four hits and three walks, resulting in two runs allowed. But the eight strikeouts... Ooh, the eight strikeouts is very nice. Blue Jays have not had a lefty who can offer that kind of swing and miss potential. And, you know, if you look at the numbers for Anthony Kay, there it wasn't a lot of misses. I mean, he got seven swinging strikes. But he was able to get 13 looking and, and just basically show what he needed to show for a Jay team that's crying out for someone to to step up and take a rotation spot next year not just have it handed to them by circumstance to actually seize it and anthony cade did take a step towards that in the, in his outing he was a solid outing an outshy of a quality start and and again, you can you can walk batters. That's fine as long as you limit the damage that batters are able to do with the bat. And Anthony Kaye did enough to only allow those two runs. And again, basically fought through to to deliver an outing that I think a lot of Blue Jays fans can take heart from. And when he makes his next start, which I believe might actually be the game I'm going to against the Yankees, which I will be very excited if that is the case. Considering Trent Thornton's going tonight as the opener, but yeah, just just being able to go out there and and get that under the belt immediately is a big step for him and a big part of grabbing that spot next year. Someone whose grip might be loosening on a 2020 spot, though, is Jacob Waggisback, who pitched in that Sunday game. Four and a third innings pitch, seven hits, six earned runs, only two walks, but he only struck out two. Avi Garcia was all over him. Um, Austin Meadows, you just completely wrecked the Blue Jays this weekend, took him for that early home run, which, you know, it, it was a lot of hard contact that, that Wagaspak was giving up. And when he was on that good run, when he blanked the Dodgers for seven innings, people pointed to his advanced metrics and thought, this isn't sustainable. This isn't something that he can continue doing. What are, what are, what is Wagaspak going to do? when teams start figuring him out. Well, teams are starting to figure him out, especially in the division where they see him over and over. So what adjustments that he makes will go a long way to determining if he is a part of that 2020 rotation. And the scouting report on Wagusback wasn't that, you know, he was going to be an MLB starter. He had an outside shot at being a number five, but more than likely he was going to be eventually a long guy. You know, one of these guys who comes in after after an opener to pitch three or four innings, and that's been the problem with the Blue Jays this season. They have they've been using a lot of those guys who might be able to give you three or four innings, but can't deliver the the quality innings you expect out of a starter. And for Waggusback to to run into these troubles. Like he has, because again, this is not just a bad outing against Tampa Bay. This has been, you know, a trend with him since he had that start against Los Angeles. You know, he he gives up three and three and then um, four, well, two earned, but four and four against Atlanta. Like, it's actually nine and seven total. But he was only charged with five of them, sparing his ERA. But, again, just was not able to limit the damage of five walks against Atlanta was bad. And then and then to go out against the Tampa Bay team that he did do well against before. Obviously, on, on August 5th, he had six shutout innings against them. But, again, once a team sees him and figures him out, what is he going to do after that? So... That's the question that he needs to answer in his remaining time in the 2019 campaign is try and go out there and show that he can offer something a little different to make up for the fact he doesn't have an overpowering fastball, that he doesn't have that wipeout breaking ball. If he's going to be a part of the future rotation for the Blue Jays, he has to figure that out. Otherwise, teams are just going to tee off on him the way they did in that Tampa Bay game. That's, That's just fact. And there are too many good arms coming up through that Blue Jays system for Wagusback to be able to hold a spot with Sam Gaviglio-esque stuff. So that's that's the thing. That's what he's got to do. So we'll see if he can do that. We'll see if I can do two more episodes today. Just a reminder that if you're not following me on Twitter, you can do so at AJAndrews just with underscores instead of periods the underscores are in there because twitter is dumb follow the podcast on twitter at lockedonjays on instagram on on facebook whatever social media it's on there subscribe to the podcast using himalaya spotify stitcher google podcast apple podcast um i don't know if we're on luminary i haven't checked luminary but i know that's a thing so wherever you get podcasts you can more than likely get locked on Jays. So make sure you subscribe. This is a top 60 baseball podcast. So I don't know where in the top 60, but it's there. So get in on this if you haven't already. And we will be back later today with episode two, where we get to talk about Steve Simmons, which I was looking forward to doing. (laughs) Just, just, he couldn't, he couldn't help himself. Anyway, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.